Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. Hi, how are you? Good, great. Can hear you loud and clear. It's not too cold there, is it? It's Baltic. Oh, Jesus. Okay, right. Keep hopping around the place while you talk. I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. Oh, come Nobody ever reads manifestos during the election, Sean. You know oh, that. Really? Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. For every person that likes you, there have to be people that hate you in equal measures. This is Election Daily, a special series from the Inside Politics podcast team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Every evening we're going to keep you up to date on this general election campaign. And with me today from the Irish Times political team are in studio Fia Kelly. Hi there, Hugh. And out on the Fine Gael battle bus in Edwardstown, Jennifer Bray. Hello. Jennifer, how's the fear and loathing going on the campaign trail? Well, currently I am in Edwardstown and I'm coming to you from a a dilapidated room where half the walls aren't present. I may very well fall through the floor at any moment. Um, I'll put up a picture. I'll put up a picture on my Twitter later on to show you what I mean. But uh, it's basically, it's, it's, it's all glamour and I'm living my, my okay, most well, glamorous life. G- g- glamour and catastrophe, is that a metaphor for the Fine Gael campaign so far? Indeed, indeed. So we started out the day, um, well, the afternoon even, on the battle bus and they've brought us to Longford uh, where they are hoping to get a seat, a second seat. So it's one of those constituencies where it's a kind of Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil shootout for, for the last seat. So it's an interesting one. So we arrived then into Longford town and we arrived to a coffee shop and were brought in to watch the Taoiseach basically shaking hands with supporters or people indeed who don't support him. There were people outside who were asking uh, others to take photos of them with Leo in the background and when they were asked, you know, will you be voting for Nigel? They kind of said, of course not, no, I just want the picture taken. Um, so inside the, <laughs> inside the, it's kind of a coffee shop that doubles up as a shoe shop, so it's my kind of place to be honest. The Taoiseach was speaking to school kids and uh, it was kind of a strange event in that the, the heat in the room was unbearable. Um, he was kind of, he was basically completely, metaphorically and otherwise, backed into a corner by everybody. And two handlers behind me appeared to be, or sounded to be getting a little bit worried about the presence of some potential protesters. And they were trying to figure out ways to keep them away from the Taoiseach and trying to get the measure of them and see what could potentially go wrong here. So there was a strange kind of atmosphere in the room, I have to say, sort of a feeling that anything could kind of go wrong at any moment. Uh, the Taoiseach then spoke to us for uh, a quick doorstep and we made a couple of comments. But afterwards, we were outside in the street and um, there I just spotted a guard, a van, and someone inside shouting very loudly that uh, Fine Gael are a shower of expletives and uh, something along the lines of, you'll do nothing for this country. So, you know, it just shows you that these very carefully orchestrated events, the photo calls, media events, they can go wrong very, very easily. Right, that, that person was obviously unsuccessful in their attempt to be selected at the recent Fine Gael, uh, Fine Gael convention. Um, listening to you there, I mean, I was looking at the Taoiseach. We have a video up on irishtimes.com of the uh, economic plans which were, were, were laid out uh, this morning by the Taoiseach and by Leo Varadkar and Heather Humphreys. And I was reminded about what a terrible public speaker he is. 
experience. Is he any better in this kind of slightly more informal but still deeply weird setting? I want to be kind and I want to be kind of fair to everybody, but I have to tell you, no, I don't think so. You know, I was kind of, I think he's got better in that he, he's better in front of the cameras when these things happen, so it looks less awkward. But when you kind of listen to what he's saying, often it can still be quite awkward. I'll give you an example. When we were wandering through the, the coffee slash shoe shop, um, one potential voter, I presume, came up to him and said, best of luck in the campaign. And he said, it's not luck that I need. I need number one votes. So I kind of thought, that's an interesting line. And we moved on to the next person who just happened to say the exact same thing. And then the Taoiseach said the exact same thing. And I think I heard this line a couple of times and I sort of thought, hmm, you know, just maybe something new might be good but that's just me and I'm you know it's easy for me to say that following him around and he's in the spotlight all day and that can't yeah, be no, easy. I mean Jennifer I know you've done those kind of things before but Fick I mean you've done these kind of things I, they're obviously deeply artificial there's yeah. something that's required it's mm-hmm. part of the gig part of the biz all that kind of stuff what's the what's the merit of them and what are the pitfalls you're seeing out and about the uh, people turn on the nine o'clock news uh, when they're sitting down the evening with a cup of tea they see their Taoiseach and the leader of the Fine Gael and the leader of Fianna Fáil because the nine o'clock news is very rigid in how it does these things or he has to show all the leaders out and about it's the sense of momentum the sense of movement the sense of campaign being out amongst the people and at times it is no harm if you're seen to be heckled and tackled by people in the campaign trail because then it loses a sometimes sterile um, I suppose atmosphere it had remember 2016 when it was very rigidly controlled and the Kenny was on the campaign trail at the beginning going from his car to Fine Gael office and back again there was no kind of room for engagement and encounter with people and for the chance people come up and heckle you that, that sometimes in itself is not necessarily a bad thing mm. because then people say oh look you put themselves because out there because there was this technique which Bertie Ahern had and Enda Kenny had as well Jennifer wasn't it where you just move so fast that there was no time for an embarrassing incident of any sort because you were gone before the chance of that had emerged Exactly, yeah, and you kind of do the kind of little, you know, fist bump and the, you know, shoulder to shoulder and move on and it's kind of high octane campaign. Um, But like, there's only so long you can do that for it. I mean, you can't do that all day long. Eventually you have to stand still and listen to what people are saying to you. Even if you don't like it, and I'm sure most of the time, being the Taoiseach, he's probably not going to like it. This, this is the leader's story. This is one part of the campaign. Um, so it's the, the, the most visual part of the campaign. It's what everybody's going to be seeing over the next while. I did spend uh, an hour or two this evening ringing <coughs> Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael TDs and just kind of saying, like, you know, how's things going so far? Look, bear in mind, we are only, what are we, day two, day three? Fully? Depends how you can put it. Okay, you know, it depends, okay. I'm tomato, saying three. Tomato, it's whatever it is. But anyway. Um, three. A couple of both parties, interestingly, said TDs and both parties said, were saying that they found the canvassing easier than 2016. That they felt that it was a different type of atmosphere. People were more willing to listen. They both said <clears throat> that people are genuinely seeing it as an either-or. That they're not hearing as much of independence coming up and you know protest type. Uh, candidates and that they felt like obviously people are still making up their mind but one interesting thing that came back to me from a number of Fine Gael TDs not just one which I thought was interesting they said that organisationally that this campaign is of a different beast to 2016 that they felt the level of of, uh, I suppose coordination from the centre is is much improved for example two of them said to me that on Tuesday they had leaflets in their offices within hours, not even within hours. One of them was in Dublin, said he had leaflets at his door or his office, wherever he wanted, at half ten on Tuesday morning. That was the level of coordination. And they, it was supposed to be that usually you might get a leaflet from a TD or a candidate saying, what are your concerns in town X, Y or Z? Yeah. What Fine Gael HQ seemed to have done this time is had like kind of boilerplate ones with 
to national messages with the head of the candidate on them to say, here you are, this will get you through the first three or four days of the campaign. Out you go. And this, to some people, felt, they felt that this was just a bit more So there's a sense care. that somebody's in charge and they know, yes. what, they know what they're and doing. And they say, like, you know, other stuff, like, we get messages every day. The messaging from HQ is different. So some of them are quite happy with how it's going. Did you, uh, did, just a final thought on that on Fine Gael before we move on to Fianna Fáil, Jennifer. Do you get a sense of that in, on the battle bus in any sense, that it's a kind of, it's, a, it's an efficient operation? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. On the battle bus, it's only journalists and we're all just kind of staring at each other or into the void. So um, <laughs> on the battle bus, okay. I, I can't say, but, but, I, but I do agree with Fieg. And I think the other thing is, you know, we have been either preparing for an election or worrying about election or thinking about election since this administration got underway because nobody ever really believed the confidence and supply would last. Nobody believed that another budget would get through. And it always did in the end. And it, it kind of, certainly from my perspective, I was always proven wrong, which goes to show you a lot about my political punditry. But, you know, I think that people were prepared for a very long time and that showed when, by how quickly they got off the, the ground. OK, well, hold that. Hold that thought yeah. for a minute, just to say that we'll be coming back to another subject in a minute, but just to mention again that if you do like this podcast and if you do want more quality journalism from the Irish Times, all you have to do is go to irishtimes.com slash subscribe and sign up for a digital subscription. One euro is all you pay for the first month for unlimited access to all the news, all the analysis and all sorts of other good stuff. So that's irishtimes.com slash subscribe. Now, as I said, Fiuk, you were with Fianna Fáil today. Both the main parties released their economic strategies today. How was it? Well, to a point, it wasn't much of an economic strategy because there wasn't much detail. I think that's that's to come in the next week or two. So it was it was an economic and Brexit theme press conference in Fianna Fáil with Lisa Chambers, the Brexit spokeswoman, and Michael McGrath, the uh, finance spokes- spokesman. I, we're anticipating more detailed plans next week, but I think the, the key element today was Michael McGrath saying that in the manifesto, that the overwhelming, uh, I suppose, allocation of resources for Fianna Fáil will go towards public spending. The confidence and supply deal committed both Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael to a two-thirds to one-thirds split in favour of public services. He said Fianna Fáil will go above that to tackle uh, problems like homelessness so we can expect a largely spending-heavy Fianna Fáil uh, manifesto. I think that was the key element of that launch today bit of pressure on the Brexit front because Sean Hawhey is the foreign affairs spokesman for Fianna Fáil. He wasn't there today and I think Fianna Fáil have clarified that since Lisa Chambers is obviously front and centre as their Brexit spokeswoman but they say if Fianna Fáil are in government that the Minister for Foreign Affairs whoever he or she may be will be the lead person on Brexit. Now, it, um, it's very early days in the campaign yet, but it does seem that every day we could run an item called Who Screwed Up Today? And today it appears it was Sinn Féin uh, councillor Paddy Holohan. Here's what he was saying. And not, not against Leo or anything like that, but to me, I want, I want a family man running the country. Mm. I want somebody that knows what it's like to have kids, maybe hopefully boys and girls. So mm. <laughs> when you're creating the policies and all of the stuff that's going to go on, that you're like, Why? it makes sense. I know what it's like to collect my over from school. Now, that was from uh, Sinn Féin councillor Paddy Holohan's podcast, and it kind of blew up today, both that statement about the importance of family, seemed to be very directly targeted at Leo Varadkar, um, and also a further statement about his Indian background not being suitable, essentially, for somebody to understand the country. Um, the, he retracted that, he apologised for it, or at least he apologised for it in that classic sense of uh, he apologised if any offence had been caused, which is the standard template these days. Uh, he's a councillor. Does it matter that much? It matters in as much as it can be used as a stick by Sinn Féin's opponent to beat them with. So it will be used by, you know, the Labour Party and other people. Someone in Labour texted me and said, you know, I, I kind of said, oh, look, Maureen O'Sullivan is out of the race. Um, Finian McGrath is out of the race looking 
better for Aon or Reardon and Joe Costello and they said yeah we're not talking about Wolves or having a go at the Taoiseach today so I think in that respect it's measured against other people so if you're a direct opponent of Sinn Féin you'll see this is a good day because Mary Lou McDonald is out defending what are basically illiberal positions and you know pretty objectionable positions so from Sinn Féin's opponents it's Sinn Féin on the back foot so for them it is good and they will use it against them. So Jennifer, did that cause many ripples? Not too many ripples, no. The Taoiseach was quite balanced about it when he, he gave his uh, answer to questions we asked him in Longford. He was saying that he accepts the apology from, from the councillor and, and that, you know, basically when somebody makes an apology, that should be good enough. Now, there have been calls from organisations like Pave Point to for candidates, for political parties, to effectively dump candidates off the ticket where they are repeatedly engaging in rhetoric that could be considered anti-immigration uh, or hate speech or any anti-minority anything, basically. So I asked him, you know, is it his opinion that if there is a candidate in any political party who is repeatedly doing this, should they be should they be dropped? Does that kind of send the right signal? Well, repeatedly, yes. Uh, I think I think we should. Um, every party has to have standards, and um, we've learned from experience in that regard in my party, and we've revised our party pledge on foot of that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think if somebody makes a remark that they regret uh, and they apologise and withdraw it, I think that should be accepted. And you know, I accept in this case the apology has to be made. Got a last thought for the day, Fiak, as we approach the weekend? It's kind of settled down into a rhythm as as we kind of knew it would. So day one, a couple of first days, the excitement of the campaign being underway yesterday, a bit of controversy, the housing issue dominating, and we're set, settling into a, a, a rhythm now. And it's suppose it's going to be a long three weeks ahead and we'll have to get used to lulls in the campaign as well as highs. But I think what's going to be interesting is... The next few days, candidates actually canvassing their own local uh, campaigns, kicking into gear. Especially at the weekend. At the weekend, and they'll get an assessment of what people are thinking. Look, they're saying now everything is still up in the air, but I think it's going to be really interesting after the next few days, so Monday, just to touch base with other people and see how are you getting on, what is the mood on the doorsteps. Yeah, I think we'll be hearing an awful lot about great receptions on the doorsteps over the next uh, two or three days. We'll leave that there for cold, today. Cold, Thank- cold evening, but warm reception. Very good. We leave it there. Thanks very much, Jen. Thanks also to Fake for coming in. Thanks to our producer, Declan. You can subscribe to us on all the usual platforms. You can find us at irishtimes.com slash podcast. Your views are most welcome. You can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com. Talk to you very soon.